to glory to glory. The radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join with us now as Pastor Joe Pettick teaches from the book of Revelation. Chapter 11. Counted once for man to die, and then the, you know, then the judgment. But it's just a, it's not. That's it. Doesn't mean that has to be that way. So I, I kind of put that aside. I think it's Moses and Elijah. But these guys don't miss this. As we talk about divine power, they're going to have so much power. They're going to walk the earth, and when people you know disagree, they 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 try to kill them and try to you know whatever lock them up or beat them up or whatever. It says fire is going to go out of their mouth, and they're going to just they're going to destroy them. Talk about being on fire for the Lord. <laughs> this has gone to another degree, amen? Literally, they're going to be barbecued. It's just uh, some kind of, you know, they, they try to say, well, maybe it's not real fire that comes out of the mouth. I believe, I, I take it literally. I think they're just, they're going to get blasted. Maybe it's the fire of God's word. It's going to knock them down. They're going to fall to the ground. I don't know. But these guys are going to be amazing. And they're going to walk the earth for three and a half years. They're going to be mostly, it's, it appears they're going to be in Israel, in Jerusalem, witnessing to the, the Jewish people. We have some people think that they're going to be there the first three and a half years. Some people say maybe the second three and a half years. Well, I believe it's the first three and a half years, and I'll show you in Malachi why, why I think that. But I believe possibly these two witnesses were the ones that shared with the 144,000. And the 144,000 we've already looked at. So I believe they're going to come at the beginning of this period. But check it out. They're going to be probably the most powerful witnesses that this world has ever seen. Obviously, you know, even John the Baptist, he came in the spirit of Elijah, right? But did we read that he had fire that came out of his mouth and he blasted people and they died? No. They're going to be so powerful that nobody, nobody, don't miss this, they're going to be so powerful, nobody's going to be able to stop them until their mission's done. Did you get that in the story? And once their mission is done, the beast that comes out of the pit is going to have war against them and kill them. But you notice it's once their mission is done, once they're, they're done, once God's through with them and says, okay, your time's done, no one can stop you until that time, then the Antichrist, the beast that comes out of the, the bottomless pit, he's going to destroy them, he's going to kill them, and then it's going to be a big party. And you notice they're going to let them in the streets for three and a half, years, excuse me, three and a half days. They're going to they're leave their bodies there. I think it's like a trophy. They're going to say, look at what we did. And I believe the Antichrist is going to say, you know, if you come against me, that's what's going to happen to you. And I'm all powerful. And if God's so powerful, why did he let these guys die? And it's just going to be this. And then it says, you notice that every tribe and tongue and nation sees this. Do you know that couldn't happen 25 years ago? It can happen today, right? CNN, Fox News, all this just reporting from down in Jerusalem. You know, everyone can see what's going on. And, And they're going to be displayed for everybody to see. They're dead bodies. And listen, the world is going to be so evil that they're going, to, they're going to see this as such a good thing. It's going to be like their new Christmas. Did you get that in the story? They're going to send presents to one another. They're going to be like, this is a day to celebrate. They're going to send gifts to one another. But what happens after the three and a half days? The breath of God. God breathes into them life. They stand up on their feet, and everyone's like, uh-oh. <laughs> and God says, come up here. And they're caught up. They're raptured up into heaven. And then it tells us because of that, the people were afraid. They're like, oh, no. Earthquake hits within the hour. 7,000 people are wiped out there in Jerusalem. And did you notice the last part of that? It says, the rest worshiped the God of heaven. The rest glorified God. Is that fascinating? And the rest, in verse 13, were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. That means 
When that happens, when the earthquake hits, 7,000 people die, they realize these witnesses were from God and they're just going to fall on their knees and they're going to start worshiping the God of heaven. And there's going to be another great revival here on the earth. Amazing stuff. The reason why, here's Malachi. The reason why they believe Malachi, excuse me, Elijah is going to be one of the prophets because Malachi 4, 5, if you're a note taker, says, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Well, I believe the great and dreadful day of the Lord is talking about the, the great tribulation period, the last three and a half years. So Elijah's going to come. So he'll be one of the two witnesses, I believe, that's going to be there. That's fascinating. I'll tell you, as fascinating as it is, I am so happy I'm not going to be on this earth. We're not going to be here. The good part about the book of Revelation, all this stuff we're reading about, the time of tribulation is we're not going to be here. We get, we get to just read about it. And we can say, amen. Every time I read this stuff, I'm like, Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're not going to be here. But I want to go back to verse 3, if you can, and just I want to pull out where it says, I will give power to my two witnesses. In verse 6, as we looked at, it says they had power over the, to shut up heaven. They had power over the waters. And these guys have great power, divine power, again, like the world has never seen. But I'd like to use this to remind us this morning as believers that God has given us divine power also. Maybe when we talk and people come against us, we're not going to, wouldn't that be something if we had that kind of power? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just blast someone with fire? Wow. We don't have that kind of power. But we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. The same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And I love pondering that. The same Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8, the same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives inside of us. I believe if we could take hold of the reality, the reality of that verse, and I'll put it up on the screen for you to look at, but if we can take hold of the reality of Romans 8, verse 11, the Spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. If we could take hold of that, I believe that our life would be so much richer spiritually. Things are happening in your life. You don't know how it's going to turn out and what, what's going to happen and what, the, what if this turn of events take place and what if this happens and what if, what if this takes place and what if that... Wait a second. Who lives inside of you? God, by his Holy Spirit. He gives you power. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry. You don't have to be anxious. He gives us great power. The power of his Holy Spirit, the power of God from on high, his spirit is dwelling inside of us as believers. We don't serve a wimpy God. We serve an all-powerful, all-knowing God, and he lives inside of us. Friday night, one of the pastors, he was at the Harvest Crusade, and he was counseling down in the field, and I, I received a text. Apparently, he was counseling with someone, and he asked a question. He says, he says what's, you know, do you know a good scripture regarding getting rid of evil spirits in a home? He says, that's not one of the ones I've got in my back pocket. He says, can you help me out, basically? You know, and he's texting me. And I said, sure. And I just, the first thing that came to mind was 1 John 4, 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. If you're truly a born-again believer and you think there's an evil spirit in your house, guess what? You can just walk into your house and say, um, get out in the name of Jesus. That's that simple. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. It, it's that simple. 
Truly, we, we have no power. We over Satan and his demonic realm apart from God. But with God, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And sometimes people are overly afraid of evil and, you know, warfare and all this. Yeah, warfare is real, but guess what? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We have overcome. We're children of God. We have great power in the name of Jesus and because we're his children and he lives in us. Did you ever notice evil spelled backwards is live? Evil spelled backwards is live, L-I-V-E. And I believe that's what evil wants to do. The evil wants to keep you and I from living the abundant life that God has for every one of us. Evil wants to, you know, he wants us to, the, the evil in this world wants to keep us from living an abundant life. The, the abundance of God's Holy Spirit working in us. Evil wants to rob us of joy. Evil wants to rob us of peace. Evil wants to rob us of, of just the goodness that we have in God. I think it's, I believe it's such a powerful witness for all of us when difficult time comes our way and we're still filled with the joy of the Lord. You know how powerful that is? I remember being in the world and watching people that were Christians and, and devastation would happen. They would lose a loved one or there was some real, you know, cancer, you know, someone, they, you know, in their family had cancer and I'm watching them just, you know, they've got all this joy and peace and I'm like, what is wrong with them? Don't they care? And I'm like, what is different? How can they be so joyful? How can they have such peace? Because God's with them. And that should be the reality with every one of us. The things that we go through, guess what? Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We can live an abundant life no matter what comes our way. Because I believe the ploy of the enemy is to keep the, the Christians depressed, oppressed, down and out, worried, anxious, fearful, doubting, and all this kind of garbage. And you see it time and time again. The, the church of God, they're just kind of, they're, they're, they're not living that abundant overflow life of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit working in us and through us. The, you know, it, out of our innermost being, it tells us that it, in John chapter 7, I believe, out of there, our innermost being gushes forth torrents of living waters. Torrents. Now, could we be honest with ourselves? Does that describe us? Torrents of living waters. And I believe we just restrict it. I believe God wants that for every one of us, but we can restrict that. It was funny. A while back, I was walking in my neighborhood, and it was starting to get dark out while I was walking and just kind of, you know, spending my time, my walks with the Lord or whatever, and just, you know, Sometimes my neighbors think I'm crazy. You know, I've, my, my eyesight's so bad. I literally, I'm walking, I'm like, you know, I talk with the Lord. I'm just like, Lord, this and that, talk and praise you, God. And sometimes my eyes are so bad, someone would be right next to me, like, and they're like looking at me like, he is crazy. You know, it's like, hi, how you doing? The daytime, I can see him coming, and I kind of calm it down a little bit. Nighttime, it's just terrible. But one night I was walking, and there was this, animal, little animal in the street, you know, getting closer and closer to me. And I, I'm looking at it, I think it's a cat or a squirrel or whatever. I'm looking at it, like walking closer and closer to it. And I was, you know, as I got real close, I noticed it's a skunk, you know, and I'm getting real close to it. And I was so close to it, ran up the, the stairs of the, one of my neighbors, you know, ran up the stairs and trying to get out of my way. And I'm like, wow, that thing could have sprayed me. And I ran into him like two or three different times before this thing. And they say, he's not there anymore. They finally got rid of it. My, my neighbor got sprayed by this, that, that skunk. So I'm like, thank you, Lord. <laughs> no, not thank you, Lord, he got sprayed. No, thank you, Lord, that he didn't spray me. 
Not that he got sprayed. <laughs> he's not that bad of a neighbor, really. He's not. <laughs> so, but I was thinking through that. I was thinking, you know, if that skunk sprayed me, which was so close, you know, he literally had to run away from me, you know, to get out of my, my way. But, but I'm thinking, if he would have sprayed me, everyone around would know that I got sprayed by this skunk. Amen? How many people have been sprayed by a skunk? Can I see hands here? Anybody? A few people. It's just, that is just terrible. They say it's like, it's just disgusting. I mean, I can't even imagine. I'm just going, I don't even know, but here, just... I can't even imagine just driving near someone that gets sprayed, even, you know, when they're dead in the road. For, you can smell that forever, so, oh. But the point I want to make is when we come in contact with an all-powerful God, I believe it's important for us to realize, not that he stinks, I'm not saying that at all, even a little bit, but the power, the fragrance, the, the sweet fragrance of Christ is with us. And I believe this is such a powerful thing when you have confidence in realizing that you have this treasure in this earthen vessel and have the confidence when you're around loved ones that don't know the Lord, you're around coworkers that don't know the Lord, you're around neighbors that don't know the Lord, to have that confidence that God is working mightily and effectively even if you don't even realize it. He's working in us and through us. I remember my sister, before I became a born-again Christian, I couldn't even be near her because she was a radical Christian. I couldn't even, I would get close with her. I would try, and it was just the, the power of God's Holy Spirit working in her life. She didn't even have to talk about the Bible, and I was affected. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. This verse has been speaking to me these last few days, and everywhere I go, it was on our verse for the day on the little calendar. You know, my wife, I'm downstairs making breakfast, and she's up, she goes, you won't believe what verse is for today. And she said, we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And I, everywhere I go, I've been getting this verse, but it's just reminding me that the more I just spend time with my Lord, the fragrance of Christ is in me. His power, his spirit is in me. And don't you know he loves the people all around you? Don't you know he wants to reach everyone around you? And I believe it could, we can have so much pressure if we are walking around thinking, I need to save this person. And it's like you. It's, no, it's not of you. Did you notice that? that? That this treasure is not of you. And I need to be a good salesman, or I need to be a good you know, deliverer, or I need to be able to you know, package this just right, and I need to be able to... But no, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, and yeah, we should know our word, we should use scripture, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I love it when I take the pressure off of me, and I put it all on him, and I say, Lord, you live inside of me. What do you want to say to my neighbor today? What do you want to say to those that are around me today? What do you want to say with the people that you've put in my life? What do you want to say with that person in the grocery store? We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power, did you notice? The excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. The more broken we are, the more we deny self 
the more he shines through us. We die to the, you know, the ways of the world. We just die. There's a brokenness. We're like, Lord, break me that you can shine through, that people will see you and not me. I've mentioned many times I used to work for a water meter company and changing out water meters. We would go to different cities and large cities, small cities, all in the Midwest, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania. And we would literally go into a community and we'd have to go into every house and change out their water meters. So we would meet, you know, everybody. You know, we would go to every house and have to go inside. Most of the meters were in basements. One of the contracts we had was, I believe it was in Ohio. It was either Ohio or Indiana. I can't remember. But I do remember one thing. The water department that we had to meet in the morning was right next to the sewage treatment plant. And it was disgusting. I, mean, I remember the first day driving up there, we're like, before we got there, way down the street, we're like, what is that smell? You know, we're driving like, then it, kept, it was getting worse and worse. And then finally we pull up to the water department and the sewage treatment plants right next to it. And we're just like, whoa, it's like a fog of stink. It was just terrible. And we met the guys for the first time. And we, right away, we're like, how do you guys get used to this smell? And literally all of them looked at us and they said, what smell? And we're like, we, we started, I don't know, you know what smell. I mean, come on, it's pretty obvious, the smell in this place. And they said, he said, we don't, we're so used to it, we don't smell it anymore. Guess what? After a short period of time, we got used to it. A few weeks later, we're, we're used to the smell. It just, we just get used to it. The Bible says that we're the fragrance of Christ. Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians 2.15, for we are the, to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one, we're an aroma of death, leading to death. And to the other, the aroma of life, leading to life. And who is sufficient of these things? You and I, as believers, were the aroma of Christ. We're used to his fragrance. We're used to him. And when we're around others that are coming out of darkness into the light, and they're looking for hope, we're, we're a great aroma to them. Or a sweet aroma of Christ to them, and they find hope, and they find, they find salvation through Jesus Christ, and they're like, this is what I'm looking for. But do you know we're a stench? We're a literal stench to those that are perishing? They don't want to hear it. They don't want to surround. They don't want anything to do with that stench. They want us to go away. We're the aroma of Christ. And I want to encourage the body of Christ, you believers today, realize you're the aroma of Christ when, when you're in this world that, you know, you have Christ living in you. And have the confidence and realize the fact that as you're in their presence, God's doing a work. God is working. Did that happen to you before you were a Christian? You would be around other believers and you would just, something was happening. Something took place. It, it was the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin. It was the Holy Spirit drawing you to the cross. And I tell you, it, when I was around my sister, I just, I didn't want to, I couldn't even be close with her. I couldn't even be near her. I thought it was a stench until I was looking for hope. And I realized it was a fragrance leading to life but we don't smell it. 
kind of like the guys at the, in the sewage plant, you know. They're like, what smell? I don't even smell it. And sometimes I believe we can get discouraged. Like, I don't know. I don't smell Christ. I don't know. I'm just doing my best and just be encouraged. Christ in us, the hope of glory is living in us, speaking through us. Yeah, it's good to know your scriptures. It's good to know the Bible and you should be able to, to rightly divide the word of truth and, and interject as much as you can with people with the word of God as much as you can. But know the fact that God's spirit is working in you wherever you go because we have this fragrance and it's not of ourselves. It's Christ. He's living in us. He gives us power over sin so we talk about divine power. I've counseled with people before, and they, they're like, oh, you don't understand, Pastor. You know, why did God allow me to fall, and why did God, you know, allow that temptation to come? <laughs> and I'm like, you're blaming the wrong guy. <laughs> he gives us power over sin. He desires that we have power over sin. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, if you're a note-taker. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Christ our Lord, or through the Lord Jesus Christ. He gives us victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. If you're here today and you call yourself a Christian, and, but sin has a hold of you, and you're committing you know, sin, the same sin every day, you're bound in different sins, I want to encourage you. God gives you power over that. Allow him to give you power over that. Uh, so like in Romans 6, 14, it says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law but under grace. Don't allow it to. God's given you power. You have this treasure in earthen vessels. He has victory over sin, and you can have victory because he lives in you. You need to turn and repent from it. We have power over sin. And as I say that, I hope that's a reminder for us as believers to bring people to the cross of Jesus, to, to let them know you can have power over sin. I don't know about you, but I'll tell you, when I was in the world before I knew Christ, I would do something wrong and I would say, I'm never going to do that again. And guess what? I did it again. There was times I'd say, I'm never going to do that again, ever, ever, ever. I'm just not going to do it. God, I'm not going to do this. And then 20 minutes later, I was doing the same thing that I said I would never do. But the day Christ Jesus came to live inside of me by his Holy Spirit, now I have power over sin. Sin doesn't have dominion over me. Does that mean that we're sinless? No. But do we sin less? Yes. Does that mean that, that it's okay if we're living a life of sin each and every day? No. The people around us need to know that Christ can set them free. He is able to do that. We as believers can try to fix everything ourselves and we can operate in our own strength or we can rely on divine power. We serve an all-powerful God, amen? Let's not limit him. Let's allow him to rule and reign in us and let's walk with confidence and realize we have a wonderful treasure. We're just earthen vessels. We're a bunch of crackpots that the power is not of us, that people don't look at us and think we're something great, but they see the real power, which is from God. Hi, this is Pastor Joe, and I would love to wish you and your family a very blessed Christmas. And also, I'd like to take this time to invite you, the K-Wave audience, to our fifth annual Christmas drama play, 
Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. It's a free event, and we would love if you can come and join us. We have five performances beginning on Monday, December 12th, Tuesday the 13th, Thursday the 15th, Friday the 16th, and for our last performance, it'll be held on Sunday the 18th. They all begin at 7 p.m. We look forward to seeing you here. God bless you, and have a Merry Christmas. You have been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.